0: The question is, like, do you really want to make the life of someone you love easier?
1: Whew, that's a doozy of a question to try to answer.
2: You were raised to believe the world was black and white. But what if it isn't? What if the rigid belief system you have never questioned is wrong? What if the world is actually a lot more gray? This show is for the seekers, the explorers, those brave enough to step outside of certainty and question everything. Join your hosts as they sit across from the world's leading thought leaders, visionaries, religious gurus, entrepreneurs, philosophers, and more to tackle difficult topics. You don't need all the answers to find meaning in life, but you should be free to ask all the questions. This is Figuring It Out. All
1: right, guys. So as you know, we talk a lot about several topics here on the show. One of them, though, that we've been discussing more recently is parenting. As you know, I am a young parent myself. I have a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. And so I'm always looking for uh, advice and experts' feedback on parenting, how to be a better parent. And we came across this clip recently, so I figured why not go ahead and play a little bit of it and uh, get some thoughts out there, see what you guys think, and you hear a little bit about what I think as well. So here we go.
0: Most children now have older parents, right, because people aren't having children until they're in their 30s
1: skip that one. I, uh, definitely didn't make that one happen. Married at 21, first kid at 26 and I'm 29 now. So already off the bat, we're, we're on completely different pages. Some of you know, this is Jordan Peterson. This is Patrick, but David had Patrick on the show. I have not had Jordan on the show yet, uh, but Jordan is a clinical psychologist. He talks a lot about psychological formation of children and, and things like that from a clinical perspective. And so always curious to hear what he has to say about it. And then Patrick is one of my favorite kind of question askers, interviewers that's out there. So um, that's why we wanted to pull this, this clip.
0: Having a parent who's in his or her thirties and having a parent who's in her his or her twenties, yep. the, the 20 year olds are still kind of like kids. And they're going to be more usefully neglectful, I would say. Max. Well, look, one, one of the things we used to do with my daughter when she was very little was, you know, she was about a year and a half, is we'd, we'd have her in a room alone, and she would... Usually, complain about that for a few minutes, and then she'd find a way to amuse herself.
1: That means she would scream a lot and a lot. <laughs> been there. Herself,
0: you know. She she liked to take books out of shelves and put them back in, and like if if you let her be, get through that initial bit of misery, then she would learn how to regulate herself, and and she got very good at that. Um, and then, so that's a good uh, example of minor privation having a positive influence but you know i
1: want to stop it right there because that's something that that's something that i struggle with a lot because my wife and i do the same thing uh, it, it, at certain times where it's like there's if, it, if it's bedtime or if it's quiet time or if it's like something like that the, the kids do not like it and there's a lot of screaming and stuff especially when they're you know babies um but eventually if you leave them there for a few minutes that ends up stopping unless something's wrong. Right. And obviously if they keep crying, you want to go figure out what's wrong. Uh, but at a, to a certain point, there has to be something that they can learn about how to start entertaining themselves. And like you said, self-regulate. Um, I think, I think you can tell sometimes when an adult was tended to far too often as a kid, uh, because they still kind of lack these uh, certain abilities coming into adulthood, the, the lack of ability to to regulate themselves and their emotions because their emotions were always immediately tended to as a kid. And so that's kind of what they got used to. I think this is a, a really good point to bring up. And he kind of glazes over it because that's not the broader point that he's making here.
0: Children used to have multiple siblings. And siblings toughen you up because there's tremendous competition in families among siblings. And they had younger parents who had fewer resources. And You know, now parents are older, first of all, and second, they're more resource-rich, and so they're more likely to schedule their children to death, in some sense, to provide them with all the opportunities that they feel would be useful, and that's understandable. And plus, because they have fewer children, each child is, in some sense, more precious. You know, not like if you have ten children, you don't love all of them, but, you know, there's ten of them, there's, there's only so much excess attention that can go around. And they do a, a lot of socializing each other rather than being socialized by parents. But if you only have one child, you know, you're know you going to devote all your resources to providing them with absolutely everything you can provide them with. And one of the dangers of that is that you'll overprotect them and you'll provide them with too much. And we don't understand those dynamics, right? We, we don't understand how much you should stay hands off your kids and let them go out there and make their own mistakes and, and find their own way. And, and that,
1: man, that's such a difficult one for me. I, it's like a constant struggle. And I, especially between, between my wife and me and, and for the, for the most part, we agree on, on a lot of things. Um, uh, but that's, that's one thing that's tough to figure out is you, you want to provide a better life for your kids than the one that you had. I think that's the goal of generational growth. Like it, we, every generation should be getting better. We should be constantly growing as as a society, as well as growing as individuals. And if we're constantly doing that, then, you know, m- you know, my, my dad probably had a better childhood than his dad. And then I might have a better childhood than my dad did. And then my son will have a better childhood than I did. And hopefully his son will, and just like a consistently kind of growing and learning, but at the same time, that's what ends up with spoiled kids who don't know how to go make anything themselves in the world because they grew up getting everything all the time, never wanted for anything, never had to struggle. It's like that, that illustration of the, um, the, the caterpillar in, in the cocoon and the little, the little girl captured the caterpillar sees it go in the cocoon. And then she was watching it, uh, trying, trying to struggling to get out of the cocoon. And then, so she goes in and helps it get out of the cocoon and, and essentially breaks the cocoon for the caterpillar, uh, turning into a butterfly. And then basically the butterfly was stuck in the jar and, uh, lived his whole life in the jar because it never gained the strength that it took to break out of the cocoon, which helps strengthen the butterfly's wings and helps it actually fly away. And so, um, it's it, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a really tough dynamic because you don't like to see your kids struggle. You don't like to see your kids um, get frustrated or figure something out. It's so much easier just to bend over and help them do the thing or like do the thing for them instead of letting them struggle, figure it out, whine, cry, get frustrated with themselves. Um, that's, that's one of those really difficult balances. If you have the answer to that one, let me know.
0: And so I think one of the consequences of that is that we do have a reasonable percentage of young people, maybe young adolescents, the kind that you hear about at university, who have been overprotected and over-sched- overscheduled and under challenged in some sense. And so they're not very resilient. And, that's, and then, of course, what's happening in the universities, the safe spaces and the trigger warnings mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. And there's good recent research on this. Trigger warnings clearly make things worse rather than, than better. We extend that overprotection far longer than is helpful. Um, You know, it's hard though because, as I said, when you have resources, you can use them to make your children's lives, let's Real say, Real quick on easier. that last
1: thing too. My wife and I right now are watching through uh, We Crash. This is a, the a series about WeWork, the kind of the rise and fall of Adam Newman and uh, the whole company of WeWork and everything that happened with that. And there's this one scene where his his wife Anne Hathaway in the series is having to explain something that she said to this uh, group of employees. One of the girls stands up in the audience and says, "What what you're saying is that it's our fault that." That we got offended at what you said, and it wasn't what you said. And she said yes. Then they all get this big uproar, and I was just like, I, I, I fully agree. <laughs> Even though in the in the show, I think that they were kind of portraying it as like that's bad. I fully agree with that mentality because you're never going to be able to control what other people say, and that's the problem with this whole discussion, this whole conversation, is that. Um, the And where cancel culture comes from and everything that comes along with that it 's that it 's the idea that because you can 't regulate your own emotions you can 't control your own reactions you can 't control your own feelings about something, you have to try to control what other people are saying, and that is a endless losing battle that will drive you crazy and turn you into a lunatic because it's an impossible problem to solve you're never going to be able to control what everybody else says especially in a country where free speech is like the cornerstone of freedoms um, so uh, so you have to learn how to regulate your, your emotions you have to learn how to control what you can control and let go of what you can't control and what other people say is something that you can't control but how you react to what they say is something that you can control it's just a basic Adult um habit formation of discipline to understand that you can't control what everybody else does, you can't control what everybody else says, but you can't control how you react to it and you can't control what you do and what you say.
0: The question is, like, do you really want to make the life of someone you love easier? And that's a incredibly difficult question.
1: Do you really want to make the life of someone you love easier? Whew. That's a doozy of a question to try to answer. Um, And I don't know the answer to that question, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, If you liked this clip, if you liked this commentary, leave a comment below. Let us know what you're thinking. Leave a rated review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening to this. Love to hear from you on this topic because it's a really important one. So thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next time.
2: Thank you for listening to the Figuring It Out podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. For more information about the show, visit www.figuringitout.tv or connect with us anywhere on social media with the handle figuringitout.tv.